This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. Bad news that it was a defeat for City at the City ground in a seemingly lacklustre display with one shot on target. The good news is I had a fantastic stag weekend in Dublin. Uh, <laughs> someone that's still thinking about the bad news is Matt Withers. Matt? <laughs> Unbelievable. How can you start with that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, very much uh, the bad news. Yeah, although good to see you having such a fabulous time drinking plenty of Guinness. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It was it was absolutely lovely. But you were saying just before we joined there, um, someone asked you if you'd had a good weekend. You said no. The six hours yeah. travel and a defeat. Yeah, exactly that. It's just the fact that you you and we all do it obviously when you travel away. But you you drive out the motorway. You know, I left my house at ten o'clock. I got in at quarter past eight. Um, and watched a game where I think you could have dragged 11 players out of the stands that would have given more of a... Really? <laughs> probably slightly unfair, but yeah. Because some of the people in the stands, there's no way you'd want them playing. But <laughs> yeah, it was um, it, it was pretty tragic, to be fair. But I did get to meet our guest out there, or see see our guest out there, and uh, a mate of mine, Simon Horton, who I've not seen for a little while. I caught up with him, so so that was nice. Oh, but, some um, yeah. some good news, some positive. Some draw. good news, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, the three words from Lee were passive, passionless, and pointless. And Lee is here with us today. Lee, do you still stand by those three words? Yeah, I do. Afternoon, gents. Uh, Afternoon, good to mate. See you all. Glad you had a nice time in Dublin. Patch. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I, I was I was pondering the, the the three words on the three hour journey back, Pat, similar to to you and. Uh, Passive and passionless were easy, and I was trying to think. Oh, I was trying to be a bit clever. I come up with another P, and I thought, do you know what? We're we're returning pointless again. There was, however you want to look at it, was it pointless? Was the journey pointless? Was was the performance pointless? And we came back pointless. So, um, yeah, it was a definitely a frustrating afternoon, to say the least. There's there's another P I could have added, but. It's a family, it's a family <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's the family podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Matt, two changes: Bell and Benarus coming out, and uh, Campering and Joe Williams coming back in to four-three-one-two yep. formation. Good to see James back on the bench, but sad to see Conway drop off the bench. But hopefully, he'll get his chance soon. Um, any major surprises for you in the starting lineup? Um, no, I mean, I think I think Sam Bell was probably a little bit unlucky, um, but I think when Cam came on the other night against Coventry, he had a little bit more physicality. Um, I'd like to think it was because they had a plan for Jed Spence, um, and then I watched the game and realised they had no plan for Jed Spence, or if they did, I'm not sure what that plan was. It certainly wasn't one that Hannibal put together. It was more of a Baldrick plan than a, a Hannibal plan. And that's one for the older viewers there. Um, listeners. But yeah, yeah, listeners. Um, and Williams coming in, you know, we all talk about Joe Williams and how he's, he can be a massive impact on our season. Um, and we'll talk about the game, but he was dreadful. Um, really? and, yeah. and clearly, clearly, I get when Nigel Pearson says he can't play two games in a week. Um, he didn't look fit at all throughout the game, um, which is a bit of a concern, really. So there were no surprises, but actually when you look back game, thinking, had we kept what we did with Sam Bell in there, not necessarily I'm in Benarus, I think Williams was an obvious one, but um, yeah, it didn't, we, we were just never in it, yeah. Lee, anything for you, anything you'd have done differently at the start of the game? Um, no, I think, I think, um Given the uh, given the previous uh, performances, I kind of as as Matt said, I bumped into Matt before the game in the concourse. We had a little bit of a chat. I think we were both in the same mindset. It was going to be a challenging game. You know, Forest had been playing well, um, but but so have we. But still felt it was a challenge. And I just come back into the concourse after the the Forest had announced their squad, and you look at it thinking, they've got some goals in this squad as well. They got some danger, um, and, I, and I probably wouldn't. I, w- I probably wouldn't have done anything. I think the hindsight, as Matt said, was more about um, the application of those. 11 players that started um, and yeah that was probably the more frustrating thing I thought it was I don't think you'd have found many arguments with the 11 players that were picked 
as names on a team sheet. Yeah. Okay. I'll put it that way. Cool. All right, before we kick off, um, a big happy 70th birthday to David Rogers, one of the Ashton Gate 8, and he appeared on Robin's Reunited with Jeff Merrick, which I published the other day. So thanks to everyone who's listened um, along to that one. Two more to come in the very near future. But uh, yes, yeah, 70th birthday. Congratulations to you, sir. Um, into the minutes. So I, I did kind of watch the game live on Robin's TV on a tiny phone, but... When you're in a pub in Dublin surrounded by people going absolutely mental um, with live music and Guinness flowing, um, I didn't really have many eyes on it, especially when uh, the the goals started to trickle in. So um, this is off the highlight. So both of you feel free to jump in and uh, throw anything else that that is uh, worthy of of noting. So into the minutes, Uh, it's Davis to Spence, and it's the first of many fine saves from Dan Bentley. Watching the highlights back, there seems to be a lot of ball watching there and a lack of awareness for where Nottingham Forest players were, Matt. Yeah, um, and it, it was a theme that then went on the rest of the afternoon. We I don't know where, where Bigsy was in the, the stand. I mean, we, we had a sort of a little corner, really, which I was surprised at. Um, wasn't what I'd remembered from previous visits. But we were right behind, although it was the far end, and that save from Bentley was an absolute worldie because it mm. was hit with such pace. Curve on it, and it was a brilliant save. But, yeah, D- Davis was a handful all afternoon. He held it up, laid in Spence, and you're looking and thinking, well, how have we not picked up his run? And look to close it down, you know, and and like I said, it was a theme for the afternoon. Um, and I was surprised that I'd seen him on TV, spent especially against Arsenal. Um, I was surprised just how good he was. He gave Cam an absolute roast in all afternoon. Now, admittedly, he didn't get much protection as well from his teammates, but um, he was given a torrid time by a player banging form. Um, that's being talked about playing for the Premier in the Premier League next season. But you're right, Patch. It, it, it was a theme of the afternoon, not picking up runners, ball watching, and and basically running on Dan Bentley doing what he did. What was it last season or the season before, where it was his heroic heroics in COVID times, wasn't it? There. Um, Just gonna say he likes to, to likes to play win. at the City Ground, didn't he? Oh, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. Um, mm. Yeah, and that, and that save in particular, you then sort of thought, and like Lee said. We're both chatting before the game. We're saying, you know, and and I I was on the Mister um, Dawes podcast on Friday night, Forest podcast, and and I said we would need seven or eight of our players playing at a seven and eight level to probably get something from the game, and and it proved to be the case with Dan Bentley being the only one that can really come out with too much credit. I think. Yeah, um, Bentley again and pulled into action very quickly. Short after, uh, Bentley sees the shot from the corner quite late, but gets down low well to tip over the bar. Lee, yeah, an- another great save. And as Matt said, I think I've sat in a similar position to Matt Bates. I just described that first shot. What right beyond that? Um, yeah, we, we were just um, you know it's what you expect. It's a really fast start. It was it was kind of a double whammy. It was a really fast start from us that you would expect. It sold. There wasn't much atmosphere there, I have to admit, for however many, what was it, nearly 30,000? It was pretty, pretty timid. But um, they started fast um, and we didn't start. So it was almost like, you know, I'm just glad that um, that Bentley made those two saves because I think 2 0 bang in the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, we could have been looking at, um, obviously, the, the hindsight showed us that, you know, City weren't up for it and that could have turned into um, into a large defeat. Mm. 2-0 kind of makes it look like oh, you lost 2-0 at Forest. The team lost 2-0 at Forest this year, but it certainly wasn't like that. So yeah, it was not a great score. save from yeah. Bentley. He was he, he was head and shoulders above anybody on the on the pitch in a city shirt on Saturday. Yeah. An opportunity next. Uh, Scott crossed from fairly deep from a free kick and Weinman sort of gets his back on it to flick it goal-bound. Um, no real chance there unless he makes a better connection, Matt. It, it was offside as well. Um, right. The flag went up as the, as the keeper saves it, which obviously you're not, not going to see from the highlights. But yeah, the, the flag went up in um, de- actually decent cross. And when I looked at the run back, I thought, well, I can't see how he was offside watching it back. But yeah, the, the flag had gone up and obviously it was just a catch for the keeper, wouldn't it? Mm. 38th minute is a soft first goal for Forrest. It was fed out wide to Spence. He takes the ball on, 
Bring jockeys. Spence gets a shot away, and there's seemingly a slight deflection off Bring, which sees the ball beat Bentley at the near post. An early ninth-minute booking for Pring may be perhaps the reason uh, for not putting the tackle in, but too often for me, it turns out that jockeying a player is often the wrong choice. Um, Lee, your thoughts on on that goal? Yeah, it was a diff- it was difficult to see. I didn't realise it had been deflected until I kind of read some of the some Twitter at half time. If you know what I mean, it looked like it was just kind of a decent finish by by Johnson, who was also a is is a very good player. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll go back to Pring's booking first. I mean, because a lot of people, and I think going by the WhatsApp group, you know, really Bristol weren't sure where he went, but it was a ridiculous booking. It was never a booking in a million years for what he got booked for. It was this. It wasn't even a challenge. It was kind of like a coming together him, of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they kind of yeah. ran into one another and, yeah. and he booked him straight away. It was almost like Pring's first involvement in the game with any kind of physical, you know, contact. So that was a bit harsh. And, and then after that, and I think what the, the jockeying point that you make, I, you know, I, I, I get 100%. And I think it just plays into to Wibbs's point earlier about there was no support for him. So he's got a jockey in because Spence was on fire and he just got this He's got this thing about it. I was talking to my lad because he just kept looking at me going, how good is he, dad? And um, I'm going, yeah, he looks like he's going to fall over, Spence. He's, a, he's got this kind of like dummy where it just looks like he's going to trip over his feet, but he knows what he's doing and it just shifts your body weight and you're kind of moving in the crowd with him, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and um, and so you can kind of see why Pring was, you know, apprehensive about maybe trying to put that tackle in. That's where you need your mates to come over and help you out. And then you, know, I've done the jockey and I'm, I've held him up a little bit. He's, you know, drinking. He's trying to get me off weight. I've held him up long enough now for Voiman or whoever it is in that in that formation yep. to be the person that has to drop in to come over and double up now. And he just didn't. He wasn't supported. So it was kind of no surprise, you know. Did get that all all through that first half. Yeah. It was just yeah. spent spent against Cam and and yeah, he came out on top a couple of times. Um, but like I said, you're, you're probably talking about the. The most inform, if not, I mean Mitrovic probably, um, but alongside him, the most informed player in the league. And I was just amazed that we didn't have a plan to play against him. Now, you know, I, I remember days of old when we had the likes of um, Jim Brennan back in the day, um, but sort of Joe Bryan. When when players are bombing on from that fullback wingback position and they're in their pomp, it is difficult to defend against. And it just felt every, I don't know about you, Lee, every time he got the ball, the crowd just kind of rose yeah. in anticipation. Again, showing just how much on form he is. But I agree completely with Lee. And, and, and I said to to Simon, um, it was next to me, never a booking in a million years. And the ref again gave some absolutely <laughs> sca- scandalous decisions that you're thinking, I don't, I don't even know what you've seen there to think that that's a free kick. You clearly haven't played the game because you would know that wasn't a free kick. We couldn't see, there was a challenge patch, I don't know, it was before the goal, probably about five minutes before the goal, where Brennan Johnson had got through into the box and Pring went to ground and, and tackled him. Now, honestly, we couldn't see from our end whether he got the ball or what. And in in the end, Johnson got booked for it for, I guess, simulation. Um, but it was that it was a tale of that all afternoon. Um, like I said, Cam was given a tired time in, although he didn't have the best of games, you would have thought that someone, whether that was a Vyman, whether that was a, a Han Noah coming across or um, Alex Scott, someone, or even from one of the back, you know, one of the three coming out and up on him. He was just so exposed. Ridiculous. Thanks for uh, the correction on the goal scorer there. I think it was, yeah, as you say, Johnson. I was just trying to watch yeah, it yeah. watch it back there. But um... who, who is David Johnson, if you remember, the ex-Forest Ipswich. It's his lad. Um, he was on loan at Lincoln for a lot of last season yeah. um, and it's someone that the Forest podcast was, was sort of talking about and I know Premier League clubs have been talked about linked with him in, in January so he is a very very good player yeah absolutely so it was um, a Spence with the assist out to Johnson and yeah the shot just didn't look to carry much power it's just yeah it just took a little bit of a look a bit of an I off. think it again from the far end and it was difficult to see Bentley had been such um, amazing form you looked at it and thought I, I, has he been beat by that and I think they said said as much on Radio Bristol or on Twitter yeah. but when you get a deflection like that it only needs that sort of deflection takes it near post he's he's set for the shot across mm. so yeah he was a bit unlucky 
Okay, uh, corner for Forrest and isn't dealt with well. Falls to Davis with closer, almost flat-footed next to him um, before the header forces another fine save from Bentley Lee. Uh, I just didn't, looking at the replays of that one, closer just doesn't seem to jump. No, um, I, I remember, it was one of those ones where I, could, I can play that back in my head quite differently because that, that cross could be when I'm thinking we're going to deal with it. And as you say, we don't. And then... He, he almost seemed, how I recall it, it almost felt like Davis was almost reacting late. Like, you know, even yeah. he was taken by surprise. And then he manages to get the header and then you realise that Fenton has just made another worldie again. And yeah. it was just like, how did that, how, how is that kind of all, how did that all just happen then in that second? That looked like a straightforward clearance, that it wanted clearance. And it was a late reaction by the striker and and Fenton is um, bailing us out again. Yeah, it was, it just felt like, like I, at that point, I surrounded then I said, we need the half time whistle. If we yeah. can get just to 1 0, we have really got away yeah. with it this half, you know, big yeah. time. And, and we that do. That's what it felt like. And we do. So, half time summary from Rob we've looked relatively enterprising on the whole, but having looked more compact generally at the back with Bentley to save the day when they have got the telling efforts on goal, it was a real sucker punch to concede from such a considerable deflection. Believe we still have enough threat to get something out of the game, but need to stay disciplined and be patient to stay in contention. Matt, do you agree? Were we enterprising on the whole in that first half? Uh, I, I was shaking my head there. And, and I know obviously Rob will have um, will have watched it from his holiday home abroad. Absolutely. Um, but no, not in it. We we weren't at the races in that first half whatsoever. We couldn't string two passes together. I think Vyman had a shot um, that went wide, and you you referenced the free kick. Um, they dominated the midfield. Joe Williams had no couldn't get on it. The only one who was showing something was Alex Scott. A couple of times he got the ball. His body shape and movement opened things up, but it, it didn't come to anything. Jada Silver kind of got on the ball a little bit, but but didn't really create anything. But but no, it, and, and I rarely disagree with with Rob, hmm. um, other than on the big Nigel Pearson debate. Um, okay, we'll But yeah, it, I, I I don't see that we were enterprising whatsoever, and I don't know if Bigsy agrees. But yeah, yeah, thoughts, Lee? Yeah, no, I, I I was a little bit surprised at the half time somewhere. I have to admit, and I I, I was going to reply, but. I left it, but um, yeah, I thought we were. I was going to do a halftime three words actually, but but and I had chasing shadows, but I didn't know what to put with it if I was being honest with you because that's what it felt like, and it felt like yeah. we spent a lot of the half just. I don't want to say defending, if you know what I mean, but it kind of obviously there was the defensive side of it. But to say we were enterprising, I was like, well, we haven't really had much of the ball to be and enterprising. It was kind of what's going through my head. We, you know, Forest are dictating this entire game at the moment. Yeah, we've had a couple of breaks like you get a couple, I think we managed one or two corners maybe in that half in the end um, yeah it was definitely one because I remember Scott come over to take one but you know there wasn't much a keeper didn't have much to do did he um, if anything which is okay. another point actually we could which talk I, about which, yeah which is interesting because he, he looked a real flapperly didn't he, he? Was er, dodgy. early on I mean a couple of times the ball got played back to him and, and um Ben Mead from Robinson Tour was sat in front of me and I said to Ben, he's gonna, like you did, who were we playing patch and you said about the keeper getting caught. Oh yeah, and that he was did um, moments later. Swansea, wasn't it? Swansea, yeah. Very much like that. And and we didn't again anticipate it. We didn't sort of you know, I look back at Semenyo last season when he was closing them down and his, you know, the ball was going in off his backside. I think if we'd have gone at that energy and that pace, he would have been caught out because, yeah, he, he just looked dodgy. And obviously he'd come in because, what's the, um, oh, his name's gone out. Samba, I mean, isn't it? Samba, yeah. It's been there number one for God knows how long, but obviously he wasn't fit to play. So obviously probably felt a bit nervous. And again, we just didn't capitalise on it. Yeah, okay. this, this that, was, that, that was the bit I didn't get, Matt, because Samba, like, you can see how they want to play. Samba's really comfortable yeah. with the ball at his feet and he reminds me of Edison. He's got, he's left yes. footed, he pings yeah. it about. This guy was not comfortable with the ball at his feet, and no. and Cook and and Worrell, for all their experience, are not the quickest. Yeah, and I just didn't get Semenya's approach to game. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting it all on Semenya, but I didn't get that. It doesn't matter what level you play at, you know. And I played at a crap level in comparison to the pros. Once you realise there's a weak point, which was look at the keeper; he's not been happy with the ball at his feet. Just put him under pressure yeah. every single time. Just anticipate it might be ten games you have it, but that one game where he makes a mistake is where you get your goal. And we just we we let them. That yeah. was kind of representative of our, especially our first half performance. That's what I mean about being passive. We just kind of stood off and mm. let them 
get away with even the even the weak parts of their game because yeah they you know they were great going forward but they, they were they were definitely there to be got at defensively if we'd have been up for it a bit more. I think. Yeah, and as Matt, as Matt said, I, I I picked up on that at Swansea, and I was surprised that with the 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 pace of, of Vyman and Semenyo, that they don't seem to do that. So maybe it's a a tactical thing that you know don't don't keep chasing the keeper down. I don't know. It's very it's it's a bit odd. Um, there was a change change at halftime. Uh, Cundy coming on for Pring. Obviously, Pring having been booked. Um, and it was obviously a tactical change, Matt, to go three at the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what I will say is, is very early on with Cundy, he, he, he actually imposed himself physically. Um, a couple of challenges, he, he, one that he, he got a free kick against, but he wasn't letting Davis and Johnson kind of take the ball in. They, I mean, it, it was it was an easy afternoon for Davis. Everything was it up to him. He, he held on to it and he's a big, strong, physical lad. And would lay it off. Whereas when Cundy came on, he started putting himself about a little bit. Yeah, I like that about him. Yeah, I do. He was he, he overhit he hit one nice sort of ball a bit later on. I think when Wells came on, that um, he he kind of just ran out of play, and then he overhit a couple. So, but you're going to get that with a guy who's not playing a lot and is mm. coming on at half time. He is going to make the odd sort of mistake from a passing point of view. But defensively, I thought he he was he was stronger than Callas or Closer were. Um, for the half that he played for me. Okay. 55th minute, McKenna bursts forward into so much space, plays a 1-2 with low, then he feeds Garner, who slots home well. For me, the, uh, in the highlights there, it looked like uncharacteristic hesitancy from Joe Williams to make a tackle to cut out that pass. Um, Lee, come to you first. What do you think about the goal? Yeah, you know, it, it, I think the goal summed up the performance this second Especially, you know, as you said, the hesitancy from Joe, you know, he, 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 we have those, don't we? I guess we're not used to it. He's, he's, he's probably affected most of the games he's played at either in four or in par. That was probably his first, you know, poor performance from or from pretty much start to finish. He, he often puffed a little bit and tried to get going, but it just wasn't working for him. And, and yeah, we, we just kind of stood off. I mean, um, Bentley went absolutely mental oh, I thought he was going to go and hit someone or something yeah, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. seen a reaction like it yeah. he was going I just thought you know if that had been in the in the dying minutes let's say I wouldn't have wanted to have been in on that change because I think yeah. there would have been a falling out going there I've never seen it it was no. and so I, I, you can see his thoughts on it he must have been able to point at three or four things of, that hadn't been done in front of him and like what do you expect me to do here guys I can't yeah. you know I, I actually wrote exactly that, Lee, that he went apoplectic because he was just proper. Like but, Lee said, yeah. he, he lost his right. But but the, the key bit there, um, Patch, and you, you might know it, but a number of the other listeners might not. McKenna's a centre-half, and he is afforded all the time in the world to race up the, the touchline, play a pass with no real you know effort to do it, then low plays the pass in with no one really cutting out. And like you said, there's hesitancy then from Williams... And Garner's able to side foot a ball from the, the sort of centre, so not you know the sorry centre of the area, which again, well, where, where's the runner? Who's picking him up? Yeah, you know, have we? And it's like we, it felt like we had everybody in the area, but yeah. nobody was actually doing their job. It was almost like <laughs> can, can, we'll stand still. Can you thread it through? Find the corner of the net, and yeah, you know, again, like we said, Bentley went absolutely crazy, and it summed it up. It just summed up a completely lacklustered not interested performance, which I don't get. I don't get, especially after the coffee game. I would have thought they'd have been coming out thinking, you know, we didn't deserve that. We've got on the end of the wrong one there. Let's really show it again. And it was a million miles from that performance. Okay. Uh, the the response from Pearson is a, another change. Wells coming on for Martin. Um, obviously, you boys were there. In terms of that change, was that the right change? Are we seeing maybe the end of the Martin Semenyo um, and Vyman automatic selection? Lee, maybe first. Um, I think. I think for me, um, so, so Martin didn't do anything wrong, and yeah. he, he could take any of these front three off, and none of them could have had an argument about it. So I don't think Martin was particularly any worse than than Semenyo or, or Vyman. Um, I, th- I for, my concern is that shape defensively and that's the bit that I don't get tactically so 
I think if you, I think for Voiman, and, and I love Voiman's endeavour, and I wouldn't take him out of the team because he does work so hard, but sometimes that working hard feels to me a little bit uncultured. He's forever pointing at people to kind of yeah. be in position. And my dad's favourite shout, all he ever does is shout out, Voiman, stop pointing and do your own job first because they <laughs> yeah. feel like you're in position. Stop pointing yeah. at other people. I know he's just trying to help and stuff like that. He gets that. But yeah, I think, I, I, I'm not sure if, it, if it's the end, but it, it might be because if tactically this is the reason why we feel we're, shipping goals or spaces but I think you know for me it's still 11 v 11 on that pitch and if people know that the shapes they should be moving in where they should be going so I just don't think people did their jobs on Saturday to be to be brutally honest with you Um, and the the, the frustrating thing about that goal as well just quick going back to that goal was the change in formation I think actually quite nullified Spence and I I gave I gave it the kiss of death because I certainly said Spence hadn't done much this after I know he didn't he wasn't massively involved in the goal but all of a sudden, Forrest were less, you know, because yeah, Spence got man of the match. And I can see why, because his first half performance, he was just on a different planet. But actually, the change in formation meant that he wasn't as effective as he was in the in the first half. He, either side, because actually, is it low on the other side? Yeah. Um, the other fullback, um, you know, he was quite, not as effective as Spence, but but decent as well. Decent on it, and, yeah. um, and I think that the change for me um, was the change I would have made, because... Um, Matt just talked about um, some of the balls that Tundi was trying to play and being being sort of in the corner where we were behind the ball in that second half watching it as I was going back to with, with the likes to Cook their full backs are trying to play high Spence and low there was big gaps there and when, yeah. if you've got some pace there then just yeah, just go and turn them around and it just happened to be that one sometimes the pass was a little bit overcooked but two back to that anticipation you know my biggest criticism of Semenya on Saturday was he kind of went back to I want the ball, so give me the ball to my feet. And to be fair, I will say that his control has improved immeasurably, actually, over the last sort of few months. You know, the confidence is there. Actually, Spenny, you are frightening for defenders. You should want that ball. You should see those big gaps in the corners because the fullbacks are pushed up high. But have that little dink from Cundy or whoever and, and go and turn a defender around and get him one-on-one backing up, you know. And we didn't show a lot for the ball up front either. So perhaps that's what he was trying to do. You know, Nick, it was only, you know, 2 0. You nick a goal back for as long as it went on for 2 0. And we've been there, haven't we? More than any yeah, team yeah. in City. You know, yeah. you nick the goal back because the crowd were, were rubbish. Like I said, they'd have got a bit nervous. They were there expecting, I expect they were there expecting a six or seven niller, you know, and it, it would have been a chance. So yeah, I don't, I don't, didn't see any issues with the change. I, th- I think exactly like Lee said, um, you could have taken any of them off. He, he didn't have a great afternoon, um, but they didn't get a lot of the ball. Um, you mm. know, we didn't create anything for them. Um, there is, there's definitely a difference when you've got, so they had the, the mobility of Davis, who's a big, powerful lad, but has also got some pace as well. And then they've got Jen, uh, Johnson, who runs the channels in, and has got pace. We know we haven't got that with Chris Martin. He will try all day long for you, um, but he's not going to outrun people. Um, but I'm I'm completely in agreement with Lee. Something needs to change in terms of our team shape to make us harder to beat. Because you can't go. I mean, it's some, I, I wrote about it. It's something like um, last March away at Blackburn was the last game away from home that we didn't concede a goal. Um, and that's a surprise when you've got Nigel Pearson and Curtis Fleming as the manager and the the assistant. Mm-hmm you would think we'd be set up as difficult to beat. And we're not. We're, we're, I said I said it to the guy on the podcast. We're porous. I fully expect you to score against us. Whether it's one, two, four, five, I don't know. But you will score because we're, we're very easy to play against. And I've listened to a couple of other podcasts that were talking about the constant sort of theme is Callas. Callas had a poor game. No doubt about it. I mean, they all did close well, it as well. If Callas has a poor game, then, you know, what hope have you got? Yeah. Exactly that, because he's he's been outstanding. But you, you have to look at it and go, we're getting the shape wrong. And and if we by us playing more attacking leaves us open at the back, you can't go scoring three goals a game to win a game. Mm. If you're tight, then with the likes of Semenyo and maybe Vyman in behind, or even Alex Scott, it nil nil, we might get that chance and win the game one nil. I I'd much rather at this moment in the season now, I'd like to see us get a bit a bit tougher and, and win a couple of maybe even draw a couple of games nil nil rather than losing them like we are because taking so, the Reading game out Reading's the only game in the last 12 I think where we haven't conceded two goals mm. dreadful so Wells comes on does he run the channels does he is he an improvement 
he, he, he put himself about a little bit. Um, but I think in Naki Wells, you've got a player that just needs to leave the club for his own his own sort of sanity, really. He just doesn't look like a player who's going to score the goals or put the what you need in, does he? No, I, I'm not, anyway. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if this is unusual. I don't go to a lot of the uh, away games when I'm very rarely in the uh, in the ground um, at two o'clock at Hayden. But I almost texted Naki Wells not in the squad today because he was chatting to someone from the Forest side in the centre circle and they both didn't walk back down into the tunnel until five past two. And the, yeah. the, the rest of the teams had been gone ages. So he clearly wasn't going to start, not that we expected him to. And... You know, I'm sure it wasn't a problem, but maybe you know, maybe that's okay. But I'm thinking, well, the rest of the gang, you know, the oh, rest of the know. squad went off yeah. about 15 minutes ago back to the changing room to start getting ready. And here we are at five past two, and you're still out here with your tracksuit on, having a chat to your to your mate, which is yeah, it might be fine, it might be a small change room, it might not be any rush. So don't get me wrong, it wasn't like he came out late from when everybody else came to warm up, mm. but it's just more that mentality. But maybe, you know, again, as I say, maybe that is normal. Okay. I can't I can't I can't recall him having a shot. Um I might be I might be wrong, but I can't. They didn't see the ball much to be fair, did they? No. Yeah, I was gonna say you you've you've already sort of said the last sixty minutes there wasn't any service, so that yeah. probably didn't change a great yeah. deal. No, no, absolutely. Um the next change is James on for Masengo, and I don't know how long it's been, but it seems like forever since we've seen Matty James. Um your thoughts on that substitution, Matt, in terms of uh, Masengo coming off? Was it time for him to come off? Could have been him. Could have been Joe Williams. Equally as poor, um, and you know that's, that's probably the first time I've used the word poor for Han Noah because you mm. know what I think of him. But he was didn't didn't impose himself on the game at all, defensively or or when he sort of drives forward. Um, so no, it was it was the right change, and and I like Matty James. Hopefully he's now fully fit. My only concern with Matty James is he, he just hasn't got the legs. Um, and and I think things slowed down. And that's not always necessarily a bad thing because you've got his experience, he can put his foot on the ball. But I, yeah, I, I worry a little bit for the longer term prospects um, with him because, uh, as I say, I think everything slows down and he, and he doesn't have the legs. But that said, his composure on the ball probably was something that was, was missing. Um, but by then, I think Forrest had thought, we're not getting beat here. Mm. We, we took the foot off the gas a little bit. Like Lee said, Spence could have been sat in the stand having a beer and it wouldn't have made any difference. Um, so it was, it was the it was the right change to bring on a midfielder because, as I say, Jane, uh, sorry, um, Joe Williams and Hannah were, were not very good at all. For you, um, Lee, do you share that same opinion? Uh, Matt James hasn't got the legs. So he's only just 30. Well, well it, it, you know, he, I, I know what Matt's saying. I think he probably was... Um, you know, it's his first game back for a while, isn't it? Maybe he wasn't even expecting to come on. Uh, maybe he was. Um, you know, he looked slow. I think he gave the ball away at one stage when he was on that led to a chance um, as well. Uh, or got caught in possession. Not yeah. not gave the ball away. Sorry, yeah. got caught got caught in possession. Um, yeah. I, I, it's interesting for me. I, I, one of the interesting substitutions yesterday um, on, on Saturday, sorry, was um, was Boyner and. You know, that I, I thought that Pring would come off. I said to Finn, I think Pring's going to come off. They'll put the silver over onto the left and they'll put Boiner in at right back to keep that four shape. Now, I might be contradicting myself because I kind of said the change in shape, change in shape nullified Spence. But, um, you know, you could have kept that the same. If you're going to bring a James in, you can see James playing in that kind of front sweeper or whatever it was, uh, the, yeah. the, that position that got created. But And, and then you're not so worried about legs because what you want is your Marlon pack that we've had in previous years being that pivot in there. And that's what James, James is, is, is really good at. And the legs are probably let, you know, if you've got a Joe Williams and a Han Noah in front of you bombing on and doing the legs or an Alex Scott, who has become really accomplished in that mid, midfield spot as well. And I think now is actually someone you'd be looking at as a midfielder, mm. not necessarily a number 10 in inverted commas, if you know yeah. what I mean. Um because he's stuck in Scott, he's scared of putting his foot in, and he wins yeah. a lot of headers. You know, he, he does looks like win a midfielder a lot. Yeah, to yeah. me. He looks like yeah. a midfielder. He isn't. Uh, you know, he, he, yeah. he's got the lot for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see the chance. I don't. I think James. I think it's too early to call him whether James has lost yeah. his legs, but he's injury prone. And if you keep on having injuries, you do kind of lose your um, 
you, you do lose a bit, don't you, over time. You just don't, you just, I mean, I know they always talk about, the, the pros talk about match fitness, but you, you need that run of games, don't you? You've got to yeah. have probably six, seven games in your legs to then feel like you're fully match fit. And yeah, I, I probably I'm being a bit harsh with him, but um, I, I just worry about that generally, not just on Saturday's game. And actually at one point, Scotty ended up dropping back in, didn't he, into the the sort of wing-back role again on the right-hand side, whether that was just for cover at one stage, but well, yeah, if, it was just, yeah. The fact that you've got now Williams, Masengo, um, and Matty James effectively all available, that that surely means that Alex Scott's going back out to the right, you'd have thought, because um, you can't drop him and you can't drop Vyman. Potentially, but I'd say he's probably our best midfielder at the moment. Yeah. So for so for me, Joe Williams or Han Noah don't start over him. Okay. Alex Scott is the name that goes on the team sheet, and you know, I, as I said, I love Han Noah, I love Joe Williams, but at the moment, Alex Scott's undroppable mm. from for me from that position because he was the only one that looked like he was going to create anything the weekend. And nothing did come off for him. He's just I, th- I think he had from that a little Nigel, bit of swagger about him from a Nigel Pearson. Nigel Pearson perspective, were playing right wing back. Well, I just say from a Nigel Pearson perspective. If Matty James is fit, he starts. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. So it's who who plays around him. Lee, what what your and, and yeah, and and that and that's important. You know, we do. You know, we have lost a lot of game management experience due to injury yeah. over the course of this season. That I'm sure had Matty James been fully fit all year, or even fifty percent more than he's been fit, we wouldn't have dropped as many points as we've dropped. You know, we'd still drop more. That's the nature of the game, but we wouldn't have dropped as many. Um, you know, we talked about some of the some of the bits. Was it the Blackpool game where you know um, you know Pring didn't run it into the corner? And we've got the other game where Hanno and Masengo the, the other week was it um, you know crossed the ball. I think it was the Reading game where he was down in the corner and then tried to cross the ball. And you know, we did see that one out, but could have easily you know. So I think that um, I think we teams the play if he's fit. I think it's important to have that experience in there. Um, and I, and I think you're you're, you're choosing too. I, on Saturday, it all comes down to what shape you want to play. I think Nigel wants to play four at the back. That's what he started the season playing. He got kind of forced into a three at the back through injury, maybe through player feedback on this is what we've got available to us. I think we'd be better suited to that. Um, because what did happen on Saturday was he moved Scott out to the right and Scott was anonymous in the second half. Yeah. And that's not Scott's fall, yeah. but he was stuck out on, on right wing back with us not getting much of the ball. And he's not a he's not a Jed Spence. Jed Spence is a wing back, you know. If I was Ralph Rangnick at the moment, that's who I'd be going to sign for, for to solve my right sided problem in the Premier League. Yeah, because he's the, the Aaron Wambasaka in defensive terms, and yeah, he absolutely. can get forward and can take people on and get crosses in the box. Spot I mean, if he doesn't get if he doesn't get signed by a Premier League team, then start yeah. this if Forest aren't a Premier League team, um, if, then I'll be astounded. If you're a Borough fan, though. You've got to be looking at that and thinking, Neil Warnock, what have, you, what have you done there that has allowed him to? And then in January, for I don't know, what, there may have been agreements in place, but for him not to be recalled because he was just, I mean, he would have, look, we talked about Camprint, but he would have been a nightmare to defend against because he's just yeah. full of absolute pace, can come inside, use both feet, go outside, puts a, in fact, probably the worst bit of his game was his crossing. He overhit a, a number of crosses, but yeah, it was um, yeah, torrid afternoon. Yeah, rubbish, rubbish. Right, last little bit I've got here. Bentley saves Callas and Williams blushes when he makes another <laughs> great save. This this time it was with his feet from Zinkernagel. I'm going to say Zinkernagel. Yeah, Zinkernagel. Uh, yeah, that was a a little bit of a calamity, wasn't it, Matt? <laughs> I don't know what Thomas Callas was doing. Um, and he, he'd done it a couple of times. He got caught by one in the corner where he, he tried to shepherd it out. And, and I thought it was a free kick, to be fair. But on this one, it's a, li- a little bit like the Hanoa situation the other night against Coventry. It was a, an under-hit back pass. Jay Williams doesn't kind of anticipate it and then, then threw on us. Um, for me, it, it's in the same way it was it was Hanoa's fault the other night. It was it was Callis's fault, and yeah, Bentley makes a good save with his legs. Yeah. Really, I, I actually thought Zinkernackle. It was a pretty poor shot, really. He had yeah. all the goal. He had all the goal to aim at, and I, I just felt, oh, he's, he's just got to curl this, and it's three because it looked straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, another, another good save from Bentley, and I think I don't know if it was at that point Callas then went off. Um, 
I don't know if it was following that challenge, but he ended yeah, up going off. And, oh, did he? And we, did he come off? Did he? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we played the last probably four minutes, or five minutes and injury yeah. time. Yeah, with ten men. Yeah. Oh yeah. right, what was wrong with Callas then? Do you know? Uh, they've not said it. Looked like I mean, it looked like an impact sort of knock, but they, they've not. I've not read what it was. Um, but obviously, no, he definitely. Pretty, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was iced up, wasn't he, on the um, yeah. on the bench? So but it, it looked like I, it was around his knee. I couldn't work out whether it was his knee or his hamstring. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, the and, deadly and H word again. But Vi- um, Vyman looked like he took a knock or was struggling early on in the game, but obviously saw the game mm-hmm. out. But I, I put it in the WhatsApp group patch on the way home when I was um, stopped for a coffee. Um, the, we just were we were fragile mentally and we were fragile physically and that kind of summed it up now you don't want players carry on through the, the you know to make their injuries worse but I always look at it and think if I played I've got to be pretty you know I'm going to be really badly injured if I carry on to want to leave my team with 10 men now I suppose you could argue the game's done it's 2-0 does us conceding another two goals really matter too much I don't know but yeah, it just felt the whole th- the whole thing was we were we were really fragile. Mm. Not great. Okay, um, Matt, let's come on to the ratings. I'm almost a little bit scared about these. Do you know what, mate? They're, they're not they're not great. They're really not. And and a couple of them, I actually put ratings in and then thought, do you know what? No, it, it wasn't because th- overall this was a performance that was probably bordering on a four, but definitely a five for, throughout. Dan Bentley's performance brings that average up because I've given I start so starting off I've given Dan an eight and actually talking to um, let's take that average of, and leave it at that yeah, yeah talking to a couple of people in the stands it could even have been a nine because he actually made a number of worldly saves really good quality saves now if I'm being critical his distribution you know a couple of times the ball went out in. But then I think back and think, well, look how time, I mean, Frankie Lowling did that and stuff. So I went kind of eight because we still got beat 2-0. But like I said, I, I wouldn't argue against a nine for him because he did make some brilliant saves. I've got um, no challenge on any of these, so carry on. No, yeah. You happy with that, Lee, an eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Jay the Silver, um, I actually started off with a six. I thought, yeah, Jay did okay. And then when I was driving back, I was thinking to myself, but actually, he was tidy enough, but didn't really create anything. You could argue that there wasn't a lot of danger down his side um, because it was all coming down the other side. But um, I don't think he did. You know, there, there wasn't too much you could say that he actually did. So I went five for Jay. Um, closer, I went five four. Um, wasn't particularly at fault. Maybe that challenge you, you talked about, Patch, where Davis had the head of it, Bentley saved. Um, a couple of times, he did that thing again where um, he dragged the ball back behind him, like a little flick back for a ball back, which on the halfway line, I'm thinking, oh, bloody hell, don't get caught again with it, but he got away with it. So five for him. Callas, um, I went four. Um, it was just a torrid afternoon for Callas. Uh, up against... Two very good strikers in in Davis and Johnson, but he didn't cover himself in any glory. He didn't look physically strong. Um, got caught a couple of times, so yeah, I went four for him. Cam Pring, I went four. Um, it's harsh because he was booked early, which had an impact, and as Lee said, it shouldn't have been a booking, um, and he had no protection. But you can't also hide from the fact it just wasn't a very good defensive performance from him. He, he got roosted. Um, Robbie Cundy, because he obviously played a half, so I've gone six for Robbie Cundy. Um, he did okay. He didn't, he didn't do anything wrong when he came on. He, like I said, he added that bit of physicality. I'd like to think on that basis, he probably gets a start next week, depending again on shape and stuff, but and also on Callas. But um, yeah, I thought he came on, and much like he did when he came on at Preston, I know it was only in the last 10 minutes, but he, he did well when he came on. Um, so yeah, I went I went six for Cundy because at the end of the day, yeah, I, I I wouldn't apportion any blame for the goals necessarily. Scott was the other six that I went for. I thought he he was trying Alex Scott. Um, like Lee says, he puts himself about. He won a couple of challenges and he's up against he was up against a niggly little in Jack Holback who's played obviously in the prem. He knows what the, the position's all about. Um, the referee bought a number of free kicks. Um, that that um, both him and Zinkanakal won, but I thought Scott did okay. Joe Williams and Han Noah, I've gone two fours. 
Um, both for me, really poor by their standards, just just nowhere near the levels. And then up top for all three, I've gone three fives because I don't think they could really be apportioned too much blame for not getting the service. Um, and they really did get no service. They all, all three of them worked hard, but like Lee said, probably in the wrong areas sometimes, chasing balls down that they were never going to get and not chasing the ones down that they should have done. Um, so yes, yeah, so I went I went fives for those three. And then Nige, um, I've gone four, which again might seem a bit harsh, but it just goes back to that plan. You know, why why weren't we set up to a com you know to to counteract the, the Jed Spence situation? Um, accepting that um he's a very good player. Pearson was very honest, as I think he always is with his interviews, that we were second best throughout, you know, we never got going. But you've also got to say what the manager's got to take some of that blame for that as well. We didn't look motivated from the get-go. We could have changed things earlier, shape-wise, when Spence was getting the run that he was getting and Bentley was having to make the saves that he was getting. So yeah, I, I think I think Pearson's got to take some of the blame for that. Um and that's yeah, so the average then is five point zero eight for the game. Um and the average sort of over the season is five point eight seven which still feels probably slightly high for me at the moment. But um, like I said, ben Bentley brings that score up considerably because if he'd have had a six, you'd have been looking at a different, you know. Yeah, no, but obviously it would be good to get to the end of the season and be at six for the average because, you know, yeah. that is the expected sort of, you know, performance and and, uh, and standing, isn't it? And I think it's, and, and I often... Um, Obviously, I reference quite often on here other podcasts because I do listen to other city podcasts. Um, but it's an interesting one because I think quite a few people are saying with Nigel Pearson, and I think you'll probably go on to talk about our poll patch. But expect expectation levels are very low at the moment. So that that expectation of six, we all expect, or certainly the the two of us, we expect to finish probably fifteenth, sixteenth this season. And we're probably on course for that. So yeah, probably a six based on that seems about right. But yeah, I mean, this for me, this game was right up there for the Sheffield United away game, which you were at, um, for the Birmingham game, which you were at. It it was that bad. We were, um, it was a 2-0 hammering, Lee, wasn't it? Yeah, we just looked, um, you know, having this chat now and, and, and listening to you describe and stuff, I think... I'd be really interested to know what our prep was like during the week because we just we just looked tired. It's probably how I would describe it: tired in mind and kind of tired in in physicality. So that you know that little bit that you need to be a bit sharper in the mind and be a bit and then be a bit sharper with what you're doing physically, both reacting defensively, you know, reacting offensively. We just didn't have it on Saturday, you know, in both in both both aspects. But, and, but the impression and that, that was that was why. The impression that we've got, you know, behind the the, the medical situation uh, and that being vastly improved and fitness being much better, they should be able to play three games mm. in a week, you know, whatever it is, in terms of getting well, the, getting through those games mentally and physically. Yeah, you, you look at the opposition and the opposition are doing it. Well, Forrest um, played Tuesday as well, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um Oh, I assume they did anyway, but yeah, I, I'm agreeing with Lee. I, I, it, that is how we looked, and it, in particular, like I said, Joe, Joe, the Joe Williams that we'd seen um, at Luton, um, and then the other game that he came on, and, and nowhere near it. Same, same with Han Noah, um, yeah, and then then the, the back lads as well. So, so something needs to change. I think he, he's he's seriously got to look at that shape because. I hate to say it, I, we're still not out of the woods for me. Um, I know everyone keeps saying, ah, we're not going to get relegated. But I think people are saying that on the basis of we're going to pick up some more wins to take us to, I mean, what are we now, 40 points? So to take us probably another three wins and a draw, you know, you get to that magic 50. But look at Barnsley. Barnsley beat Borough 3-2 Saturday, so they're not out of it. Peterborough have now got a new manager in, and although they, I know they lost the weekend, but that might create a bit of a bounce and if then teams start to crawl back a little bit and we're playing like that we you know you get into it so I, I still don't think we're out of it I really don't okay um so I'll come on to there was a, a poll that uh, someone in our whatsapp group put out it was thumbs up for for Pearson thumbs down 77 percent said thumbs up 
um, to which the uh, the person who, who remained nameless um, was staggered by that. Um, in terms of well, Lee, you gave an answer in terms of what your what your thoughts are. Um, I mean, it, I don't want to go through the whole thing, but just to summarise why why you gave the uh, the response you did. Um, I just think, given the circumstances that Nigel's been managing in, now that we know, you know, now that that's a lot clearer, the financial bit, you know, there was a lot, you go back to the summer and all the players are out of contracts and lots of people kind of going, why aren't we retaining the likes of Liam Walsh and Jamie Patterson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We know, we know why, don't we? Yeah. We know, we, we, we know why. Um, and I just think that, you know, I, I would, I, I couldn't see anybody else. Well, I'm sure there might be some other people, but you know, realistically, would any other manager have done um, astoundingly better? You know, there, there's no manager that, with that group of players and and the, and the means in which he's been able needed to manage would have got that team. I don't think into playoff contention. They don't have the depth of quality to be in the playoffs. So therefore, as long as you don't get relegated and you're making some progress in other areas. Which there is, you know, we've talked about um, Scott and Semenyo, uh, amongst others, that have that that have come on, um, as well as you know, lots of things like you know Bell and Conway and other younger players, Ben Aroos, that will probably benefit. We might not see that benefit until next season, in its truest sense. But you plant the seeds now to see the benefit next season because they're familiar with the first team setup. I know. You know, I know that a number of young players um, have, have been training with the first team and have been travelling with the first team, you know, match day, to be get used to that. You know, and that's not unusual. Lots of clubs do it to get the players that they rate used to that that format. So, you know, I, I, I change, make a positive difference, is how I look at it. Mm. As simple as that. You've got to have a longer-term view. Yeah? yeah, City aren't going to be... They might challenge the playoffs next year. If they do, it will be a surprise more than an expectation. So I've just got that long-term view. I, I, yeah. I think you need stability. All good clubs have stability. And yeah. There's no reason to get rid of him. Yeah, it's, it's, a three, it's, it's interesting. A, go on, Matt. Sorry, Patch, go on. No, no, go, no carry on. I was going to say, we, we set out saying it was a three-year plan and nothing's changed. Um, we're, and, only a, think, we're only a year into that and that's, that's a, th- a third of the way. <laughs> yeah, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? I think when, when people, when he said that, we're all kind of going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I always say the same thing, and, and it's season on season. If you improve, then the manager's kind of doing his job. Um, unless you spend an absolute fortune, in which case then you could argue, you know, there's, there's difference. But um, I've not I've not validated this, but again, I put something in the WhatsApp chat. There. So in Lee Johnson's first full season in charge, he spent more than 12 million on players, signed 25 players in total, including bringing in the likes of Josh Brownhill, Tammy Abraham, Horder Magnuson. We finished 17th sitting on 24 points, out, sorry, sitting 24 points out of the playoffs and just three points clear of the relegation zone. And we won just four away games all season. Pearson's first season in charge so far. We've spent 1.5 million on players, made four new signings and the only players spent money on were Rob Atkinson and George Tanner. We're currently 16th, so a place better off than where Johnson finished sitting four points outside of the play, sorry, 14 points outside the playoffs and 17 points clear of the relegation zone. And we've won four away games all season. So that's not as a defence of, of Nigel Pearson, but it kind of, again, puts it into perspective where you look back and think the early part of Lee Johnson's reign was very successful and you feel like it was the end there where things started to change. So next season for me will be the test, obviously. If we stay in the league this season... Summer's a massive summer. Recruitment's huge. Um, I don't think our recruitment's been great under Nigel Pearson so far. Um, we can't afford to sign experienced pros who are going to spend three quarters of the season now injured. And some of that's bad luck. Mm. But, you know, look, if you, if hindsight now, re-signing Danny Simpson, re-signing Nathan Baker, signing Andy King haven't turned out great. Now, obviously, Andy King and Nathan, you can't help those kind of injuries. But it's not to say Nathan didn't have a poor injury record beforehand. This is something slightly different. And like I said, I'm not be disparaging with that because it's the way he plays. But recruitment worries me. We've got to change tack on it a little bit. And I wrote about the loan system. Nigel Pearson doesn't like the loan system. Saturday, Forrest had Keenan Davis, James Garner and Jed Spence, all loan players probably the best three players on the pitch. 
So that's something we probably also need to look at and be aware of as well. Don't don't close the door on anything for me with that. Okay. Um, I had a few tweets in. Uh, Shahan, the performance wasn't the best to see, and that's even with the fact that us away fans could have done with sunglasses. Uh, the unexpected sun in our eyes for most of the match. Well, that must have been nice. It was quite nice. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. was. Nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bristol Ollie, without Dan Bentley, 5 0 was easily a possibility. Saw Matt walking past before the game started. He seemed quite happy. Not sure about after. Is that right, Matt? <laughs> I didn't see Bristol Ollie. Um, but yeah, no, I wasn't happy afterwards. Yeah, he's no. quite right. Colin Bankman, everyone knew before the match that Forrest's main threat would have been down the right with Spence. So why was Pring left so badly exposed with little or no help? Pearson is quick to blame players after after a defeat, but his tactics were desperately lacking um, for this match. Um, and someone's put refund the cider army. Uh, John Grabwell there. Um, so yeah, all in all, uh, not not a great not a great day out for for you boys in in, in Nottingham, but to bring you to, know, to, to, to add to it, Patch, there was a lone Nottingham Forest fan who was stood very near to the away end, but in the upper tier, who at two now started singing "Goodnight Irene." Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that then you had you know however many hundreds of City fans <laughs> wanting yeah. to get to him in uh, yeah, um, but it was slight uh, slight ironic. Um, but then the other good thing was being away from home. I didn't notice any kids running onto the pitch for shirts and stuff. Yes. So uh, that was, uh, you know, that needs to be uh, a bit of a cut out, I think. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I agree. So um, we roll on now. The wheels keep spinning onto Blackburn at home on Saturday. No, Birmingham. Birmingham, is it? <laughs> yeah. And then Blackburn away the week after. Blackburn, Blackburn away, away the week, the week after. after. Birmingham at home yeah. this Saturday. Yeah, do you expect a bit of a shake-up after, after that in terms of formation personnel? I don't, I don't know about Lee. I don't know what what options he's really got. Is the is the truth? Um, you know, again, for I'd, I'd like to think we'll look at the shape. I'd like not, to see. It's not so. So, in my opinion, we're not going up. We're not yeah. going down. Give let's let's give some other people some opportunities. You know. Let's see Bell start up front. Let's see Conway start up front. Not together, but you know, give give other yeah, people not, some more opportunities. Matt James comes back in. Potentially, yeah, don't seem don't seem doing that because I don't think that's how Nigel Pearson is built. Um, I think Cundy will probably come in. I think a lot will depend on what happens with Callas. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Joe Williams. Someone again said on the radio, I think, stick him in the cryogenic chamber for the week because um, he looks like he, he still needs that kind of extra support. Um, but I don't know. You could, you, I mean, you, you could make wholesale changes because it just was such a bad performance. Mm. But I don't, I don't know what options he's got. I don't know what bigs he thinks. Yeah, I think he's, um, I, I think you're right. I think we are um, struggling a little bit in terms of um, the flexibility that we've got. My concern if Callas isn't fit as an example is even if Cundy came in as as a as a replacement, I don't think he would actually. I think he might go back to Viner yeah. because it's the pace element of it. Because um, you know, uh, that's probably the one thing that Cundy's lacking to a degree. So if we were playing a four with just Cundy and Close as our two centre backs, um, it's a shame Joe Lowe's got Dean, a, Dean, such, Dean, such a bad injury. Yeah, he might have a chance. Yeah, as well. Dean is out injured out, out at the moment, isn't he? I think for Birmingham, so I don't know they're playing at top that Scott Hogan and he plays for them but um, yeah yeah, and yeah it's, yeah. it's we, we, we've got I, I think that you know to, to again back to being fair we've been playing a little bit he's been forced a little bit into sort of square pegs round doors for whatever reason you know, Jay Silver started right back on on Saturday you know and as Matt said Jay didn't he didn't have a bad game but what was noticeable was when he got that ball perhaps in, a, in an attacking mindset naturally he was coming back inside into traffic a lot of the time, you know, mm. so it kind of condensed the play. So it, it, you could, it'll be one of those things where, I mean, the team could be anything, the formation could be anything. It could be one of those surprises we got the other night with the, uh, sorry, the other, um, the Ashton Gate 8 weekend, you know, when the team sheet came out and we went, right, well, oh, how do we piece this, piece this one together? And I think that was when, uh, was it Bristol, Bell, Bristol yeah. Live tweet, didn't they? Saying, yeah. anyone got any guesses on this one? But, um, <laughs> you, you could kind of, kind of see that happening again quite easily. Maybe yeah. springing a surprise. It is is a tricky one. 
we are a little bit hamstrung at the moment with some of our injuries. Yeah, for, for natural sheep. Birmingham up front: Zukovic and Hernandez. No, no Hogan. Um, from the game on Saturday, which they lost two 0 at home to Huddersfield. Yeah, interestingly, I noticed as well. Liam Walsh only played half a game for Hull, started on the bench. And you look back at Liam Walsh and you think, is that a good move in the end for him? Going to Swansea, not really played at all. Now at Hull, not starting. You think, you know, sometimes the grass ain't greener, is it? And I'm not saying he would have got into our starting lineup, but I, yeah, I think he probably would have done early doors. Okay. Um, yeah. Right, cool. We'll leave it there. We'll be back next Sunday um, with our reaction to that home win to Birmingham. Um and go from there. But thank you so much to Lee for coming on. Yep. Thanks for continuing Top, Cheers, the three words segment at the start of the podcast. Um and Matt will be speaking again soon. Take care everyone. Thanks for yep. listening. See you boys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, all. See you later. <laughs>